Hey, this is Katha Weedboss and welcome to the Revenue Accelerator. I have my guest today. Um, I'm going to do it like all European French, John Moulineux. Um, I know he's UK, but he just got a French accent on the end of his name. So John, who are you and really why should people care? Well, I'm the sales samurai. That's why everybody should care. And if they don't care, I'll just chop their head off or throw one uh-huh. of them shurikens at them or something. So. <laughs> Nothing like starting a death threat at the beginning of a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't do any of that, really. It's so samurai, and it's not to offend Japanese people either. I really don't. That's not what I'm about at all. It just ties in nicely with my brand. I'm a martial artist, so the sales and the samurai, it just rolls off the tongue, and that's why I decided to to use it for my brand. So Absolutely. I'm not a a killer or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think there's a lot that, uh, you know, my listeners would know about me, and I tend to not necessarily um, interview people who are sleazy, slimy, or at least not on purpose, um, (laughs) who use those kind of strategies. And that's actually one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you because one of the things that you actually don't back down from is the concept of cold calling, right? Something that pretty much paralyzes most of the population, uh, you know, on the human uh, spectrum. So why are you all about cold calling? Like, how is that a thing for you? Yeah, I'm quite the opposite. I promote it uh, to, to the... I have people telling me that cold calling is dead all the time and I just laugh at them and say, oh, really? I just sold X amount of thingy from a cold call yesterday. So I think it's just the, the the attitude that people have. It's like people don't like selling for starters. They think it's sleazy, they think it's this, they think it's that. When really selling is a part of everybody's business. They just they just don't accept it or they don't, they don't acknowledge it. Mm. uh cold calling everybody has a fear of it or they don't they don't like the idea of it so it doesn't work when yeah. when in real when in reality if they pick up the phone smile and dial then they'll realize that it does work but you have to have a bit of perseverance it's not it's not pick up dial one number close the deal pick up another dial you know what I mean close it's ring uh, no answer ring hang up ring 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 or you might get through or so it's a numbers game with cold calling but it's mm. still it's still efficient and it's still a really good way of, of finding new clients and leads purely because it's 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 a really low budget way of marketing yourself so why are people i mean i have theories of my own obviously but you've worked with a bunch of sales teams you've done this for yourself you've done this for other companies you've you know, done workshops and all this other thing. So what do you see as the commonality as to why people don't actually pick up the phone and do the thing that mm, they think they should? Well, I think I think a lot of it boils down to the fear of rejection. If you haven't got any experience in sales at all, I had it, we all face it. I, and, and I When I first started door knocking, doing the door to door, I didn't think, I can't wait to have doors slammed in my face today. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. Oh, I can't wait to be told to F off and they don't deal with cold callers and all that kind of I thing. I mean, come on, it life w- goals. <laughs> it wasn't the highlight of my day, to be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> once you get used to that and you focus and you've got a reason and you, you, you're aiming for something. So for me, like I was explaining this early on to somebody, I don't see a no as a no. I just count it as, as closer to a yes. So I just mm-hmm. hear no, 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 no. Oh, yes. No, 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 no. So the way I look at it is if I make, so say, for example, I'm cold calling and if I close a deal with, with whatever, I get 300 bucks or whatever you want to call it or 300 quid, we call it. So I get 300 bucks every time I close a deal. So every time I hear no, I just think, right. So I, if I listen to 50 no's, that's 300 bucks. So I'm, I'm happy to listen to pe- 300, uh, 50 people say no to me 
So I make 300 quid or 300 bucks. If you just think of it as numbers, because that's all it is. It's, it's not rocket science. It's literally speak to lots of people, make money. So, I mean, it really talks to the mindset aspect of things. Like if we come down to it, it's not really, I mean, there's a skill set for sure in terms of, you know, talking to someone on the phone and all that, but let's leave that to just another part of the conversation. But when it comes to the mindset, like what is it about being triggered? I mean, I think that's pretty much it of like, I'm being rejected and God, please don't take me back to grade school and elementary school or high school in any capacity. Like, what do you see being the thing that really um, activates that rejection bit? Yeah, I think, I think you think it's like you say, society sort of instills that, that we don't want, we don't want to be, be rejected. So we don't want to feel sort of that we're not wanted and that kind of thing. But it's not, it's not that at all. They don't, it's not that they don't want you. You weren't offering to go out on a date with them anyway. You were offering them a service or a product, weren't you? So it's not like they, they, they say no to you or they don't want to, you know, in the dumping you or something, whatever. It's not, it's not a sexual rejection or anything like that, is it? It's literally just, I don't want what you're offering at this particular time. I may want it in, in two or three months time, mm. or I might not want it at all because it's not a good fit because the the thing the problem with a new salesperson is that there's a few things that goes on in a new salesperson they think i don't want to be see i don't want to be told no they think i've got to sell to everybody everybody's my client everybody's my customer it's a one size fits all and they you also breathe think, and therefore you can buy <laughs> absolutely so yeah and they also yeah so they think it's one size fits all and they think they need to sell to everybody which it's just not the case at all you you have to qualify people that's why the cold calling is a challenge because you're calling, ringing somebody or contacting somebody that doesn't know who you are, they don't know what you do, and they don't know anything about you. They don't know your mm-hmm. company, they don't know anything. So that's why it's more of a challenge because not only have you got to try and get, get through to them what, what it is you do, you've got to figure out whether it fit as well. So that's what makes it more challenging, but that, that doesn't mean it's not effective because it is, because there are people out there that, that need what you offer. So Absolutely. So, you know, you talked about that beginning stage of getting on the phone. Like, what do you say? Because... Cold calling, I'll full out admit it, never, never done it. Never wanted to do it (laughs) for all the things, obviously, that you've listed in terms of I have a different approach. Um, And so maybe the question is, is how do you do this without being sleazy and slimy, right? Because a lot of times people associate picking up the phone. It's the person calling during dinner. They're just trying to get your credit card information, right? Like we meet this person on LinkedIn all the time. I call him Pitchy Pete. Right. So how do you avoid being a pitchy Pete when you're cold calling? Well, that is tricky. Uh, And you just got to you just got to relax and just be yourself because they they know that you're cold calling them. It it takes two seconds. They they don't recognize the number for starters. And then as soon as you as soon as they speak to you, they know it's a cold call. So you just have to be honest with them and say, look, I only want to take 30 seconds of your time. You you know, this is a cold call, but I just want to know if you're doing if you require this, this and this in your business. Might go well, yeah. Or they might go, no, it's not for me, thanks. But so I mean, so just be kind of honest with them. <laughs> there's no kind of, yes. there's no need to sort of be be like uh, shady or weird about it. Just hit hit them with it. Say, look, yeah, I appreciate this is a cold call, but I only need thirty seconds of your time. Uh, I was just wondering if you need this, this, and this at the moment. Not really. All right, thanks for your time. Anyway, do you know anyone that does? So you can you can just hit them with a referral from a cold call if you. Need. Do you know what I mean these are just sales skills that you pick up anyway, isn't it? But you never know, they might say, well, yeah, it's, uh, my, my cousin has a business doing the X. So, I mean, you know, you never know what, the, the beauty of cold calling is you never know what can happen. 
No, I love that. I mean, I think those, I mean, these are just sales strategies, right? Like it's whether you're cold calling or messaging people online or speaking on stage or whatever, right? Having a workshop, it really comes down to whether you're doing it in 30 seconds or, you know, 30 months is building the mm-hmm. relationship. And so how do you do that in a fast, you know, time frame? I love what you're sharing, which is call it out call out the weirdness, call out the fact that this is in fact a cold call. And yes, I know that I'm hopefully not at dinner time, but I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting your day, you know, and give them a reason to actually want to continue to engage. Absolutely. You can even say that. You can even say, I appreciate you're busy. I'm busy as well. We're all busy, aren't we? I only want to, I want to literally take 20 seconds of your time and then just sit, hit them with it. So I'm from such a company. We do this, we do that, we do that. Do you need this? And they, they might go, oh, yeah. They might go, yeah. So I've been looking for someone. It, it does happen. Do you know what I mean? But it, again, it is a numbers game. So out of, the, out of the sort of fifty people you call in a day, you want to be kind of disciplined as well. This, this is where the discipline kicks. And if you, if you're a cold caller and you're a serious cold caller, you tell yourself you're going to call fifty numbers in a day. You call fifty numbers. Don't call five. And if one of them hangs up on you, cry and and soak for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, you know, I talk about uh, we make these de- these decisions all the time, whether they're they feel like business or not. When we go into a grocery store and we don't buy every single bottle of Heinz ketchup, do does the Heinz company sit in their chair going, "Oh my God, John didn't buy ketchup from me. I am offended. I am I am not worthy. I should never sell another bottle of ketchup again because he decided that today was not the day for him." But if you continue marketing, right, using both arms of your business, the sales and the marketing, and you continue to market when you run out of catch up and Heinz has been in the forefront of your mind, right, doing the effective marketing, who are you likely to buy from? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like you said, that, that to me, when people say what's more important, sales and marketing, it's, it's funny because that's one of the questions I ask on the podcast, you might remember. Yes. Uh, and it's kind of 50-50, but I think one is, is, is useless without the other. Mm. So in, in a way, I think cold calling is, is marketing, isn't it? And it, it, there's some certain crossover points with sales and marketing both ways. And I'd say cold calling is practically marketing. If I'm knocking on someone's door with a leaflet, that's marketing, isn't it? You're getting their attention. So, that's what marketing mm, is, right? Yeah, and then you're going yeah. into the sale and you're just kind of seamlessly doing it at the same time. Um your process, does it work for just low dollar things or is it only for high dollar? Like, you know, who who really benefits from leveraging cold calling? Anybody. Well, there may be uh, the odd business that it, it might not work for. Don't get me wrong. But I'd say the majority of businesses, I mean, you only have to look at people like Grant Cardone. He's, uh, that's why one of the reasons I really like him. And he's got, he's, he's like Marmite, I suppose. People love him or hate him, don't they? But he, to this day, he'll still pick up the phone in his office when he's got a big, big sales team, 30, 40 people, and he'll smile and dial himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's probably a bit different for him because I go, oh, it was Grant Cardone's cold calling is, but it, but he probably some people may not know edge, that but... it's him on the other line, right? So exactly, exactly. He's not not everybody knows him, but the, the, what I like about that is this is what I do with my coaching as well is you, you're leading by example. I'm a cold caller and, and I'm happy I'll, if I'm coaching you on cold calling. I'll do some cold calling for you. Mm. I'll, I'll smile and dial myself. So you can't expect somebody to do something if you're not prepared to get your own hands dirty. So what are the biggest mistakes that you see people do? They have a list of numbers in front of them. Is it the list itself? Is it how they approach the call? Like where are people failing when it comes to cold calling when they decide, okay, I'm going to do this thing? Well, 
Well, to be honest with you, deciding to do it is is the biggest step. Mm. Where people fall short is just the fear of actually doing it. There's like an old an old joke with with sort of sales, especially brand new sales reps. It's like, have you cut? Have you made any any calls today? Well, no. I sent I sent them an email or I sent them a text message. No. How many calls have you made today? So the the biggest hurdle people have is picking up and dialing the number. Mm. Once you get used to that. And you get used to people hanging up. It's it's easy. You just keep doing it. Well, it seems a little bit of a competitive advantage because so many people aren't doing it. That when you do it, it's kind of like oh, because it's kind of it's like direct mail, right? No one's getting messages or or, or mail in the in the in the in the mail <laughs> anymore. And so when it's something that happens, sometimes people really just kind of appreciate and notice it because it's different than what everybody's doing right now. Well, it's it's just it's like anything. I was saying this earlier. The the techniques and the stuff that I've learned from cold calling, even though everybody hates the idea of cold calling, it's the same techniques that people are using. So the people that turn around to me and say cold calling is dead are the same people that are spamming people on LinkedIn every day. That's cold calling, isn't it? If you're pitching your service to somebody on every day, right on off LinkedIn, the bat. What's, yeah. the, what's different to that than knocking on someone's door or ringing somebody for a cold call? It's exactly the same. So people are doing it day in day out without even realizing i think cold call it's just it's just got a bad name just just as as a sales as as well mm. so what are the things that expert sales people do that you think that is different than other people who are either regular or getting into trying to get better at sales i think i think a, a seasoned sales professional has accepted it as as part of their makeup mm. in, instead of trying to keep it separate so I'm a nice guy and I'm trying to sell. So it, it, as if you put it, you've got two different personalities. So when I, be, when I, be, when I, when I, when I'm a nice guy all the time, but then when it comes to selling, I'm, I turn into a salesman. <laughs> when it, when it's not that at all, you, you sell as, as your own person. When you, it's your own personality that people buy into. So when you get used to just selling without selling or just being yourself and providing the help and the service and people, People close themselves after a bit. You don't have to. Mm. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. So yada yada. You probably find this yourself with, with your clients or prospects. After a bit, you you just have the banter and the pattern and stuff, and you explain stuff, and they just go, yeah, right. Wh- 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 how do I sign up? Do you take two payments? Do you take three? Payments? So they're closing themselves. So when you accept sales, that's when you're going to start improving. Instead of thinking it's a job and I have to become a salesman. Mm. Well, I mean, it's, it's a skill set that you learn. And so just like everything else that was difficult when you first started, you get better at it and it just becomes a little bit like breathing of it's part of the business process in order to really yeah. help you grow and scale, right? Like we all learned how to swim and ride bikes and tie our shoes. Well, some, maybe not all those things. I mean, Velcro is still a big part of a lot of people's lives. But, you know, it's something that becomes necessary. I mean, one of the things that I see a lot of people do is try to outsource sales because they don't feel that they're good at sales. What are your thoughts on that? Well, one of the sayings that I keep using at the moment is, I thought this, this is my own, this is a sales samurai quote, this one. So you can be your own best friend or you can be your own worst enemy. So you need to choose. So I used to tell myself, oh, I can't sell. I've never done sell. I, I'm not a salesperson. I can't sell. So guess what? I can't sell. But if I tell myself I'm pretty good at this sales, like I'm doing all right, I'm good at selling that, then, then I make a sale. Mm. Then I make another sale and I make another sale. And then before you know what, I've made 10 or 20 or 30 sales. Guess what? I can sell, can't I? So you can be your own best friend, your own worst enemy. Sales is a learnable skill. 
it's not something that you're born with, or you may be born with it if you're lucky, but um, it's a learnable skill. I've, I've, I've not, I, don't, I wasn't just, I didn't just click my th- fingers and, and become a salesperson. I, I studied books over and over again, and I did courses, and I, and I knocked doors, and I spoke to people over and over again, and I rang people, and I, and I cold called people. It did, it did, I didn't just magically become a salesperson. So what are your thoughts on people who are always talking about, I have the one magic sales script, or I have the one single, you know, sentence that you need in order to be able to close all the sales you ever need? (laughs) I think it's a lot of junk. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm setting this question up for you, babe. (laughs) But but at the end of the same time, it's a good sales technique because if, if, if if they sell X amount of it, then they've done all right, haven't they? Everybody has to have the hook. So that's just a hook. It depends just how naff and how tacky the hook is. But people tend to get aware of it, don't they? Well, I mean, it's the whole philosophy of you sell them what they want, right? What is it that they really want? Because, you know, at the what people are looking for is like really at this ego level, right? Of I am here. I want to find this thing. But where a decision is made is by allowing the heart and the mind to connect, right? But you can't sell them, right? So they make business decisions from the heart, right? It's an emotional thing, but you have to calm their ego so that they can get to their heart to make the decision. And you can't do that. You have to talk to their ego. What does ego want to know? They want to know numbers. They want to know facts. They want to know that this can happen for them. And then you deliver that plus what they need, Mm, right? That, that's that's the ultimate combination, isn't it? That's a winning Where you actually get results because that's mm-hmm. a thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So how important do you think um, time is when it comes to closing more sales? Because cold calling, like you were talking about, is this, let's pick it up, you know, let's keep going, let's keep moving. Um, and it is a numbers game, but where does time come into play in all of it? Oh, wow. Well, th- that's a tricky question because there's so many different lengths of, of a sales cycle. I mean, like I say, I, I used to be able to do really short sales cycles because when I was promoting karate classes, it was only a relatively small investment. So I would knock on a door, I would book an appointment for that evening and I would close them in that evening. So I literally sales cycle about two hours from mm. cold, cold, like stone cold to close. But you're not going to do that with a with a 20k high ticket program, are you? So that's going to need a little bit more nurturing. They may go through a through a like a leads process or a, like a funnel process or whatever, mm. and get warmed up over the space of a few months before you even get them on a on a sort of discovery call. Right. So the the length of the sales cycle varies, but the techniques are exactly the same. I use the same techniques closing a, a, a 20. 20 pound or 30 50 dollar offer as i use on a 6k 10k offer there's no difference the sales process is the same because if if you can reach somebody emotionally and they can see the value in it they'll spend ten dollars or they'll spend six thousand dollars if you don't see the value in it they won't spend ten dollars so right the, the the actual amounts of the investment is irrelevant as long as they can see the value, the, the value in it, and that you you've reached them emotionally and logically at all at the same time, and you've you've pulled all the heartstrings and everything's right, and it feels right for them and you, it's 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 a it's a collaboration. It's not it's not a, I'm going to beat you. So I don't like closing as as a term really because I'm not I'm not beating you. I'm not closing you for good. It's it's a negotiation and a and a and a, an agreement, isn't it? So it's more of a of a, a mutual thing rather than. I've got one over than you. Right. And I mean, just to clarify, you leverage internet marketing 
not just I am opening up the, so in the US they're called yellow pages, right? So it's just, which I don't even think people have anymore, but like a book of numbers, you're not just opening up and randomly calling people. Well, well, there is there is that element that that's still. But there's of, a qualified list. Like there has to be some like at least targeted aspect of it, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. So, so say for example, I mean, I'm working with re- a real estate agent at the moment. I, I'm because I'm still the way I look at it is I'm look, I'm in the process of of kind of putting all my own coaching together. I, I've, I can already offer one on one if people want that but I'm in the process of doing a cold calling and closing mastery mm. uh, workshop or program over six weeks. So they'll learn different things over, over every week. So I'll, I'll start off with like cold calling and prospecting. Then the next week might be mindset and, and follow up and the next week we report building or whatever. I'll, I'll break it down over the, over the duration. Uh, I've kind of lost where I was going with that then. Um, the quality of the list, right. Versus yeah. just randomly, you know, dialing yeah, through and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but what what I want to do is, even though I'm coaching, I still want to be actively selling as well. And I, I'm not actually going to be closing my own deals. I'm going to have somebody doing that for me. So I'm still actively selling. And I've, I've found a real estate um, w- uh, job, should we say, where I'm going to be closing leads for real estate. So I'm going to be doing a mixture of cold, warm, and hot leads. I'm going to I'm going to I've never had all three at once. So that that's quite new for me. But. So with a cold call, I'm going to go through, um, like use, you might, uh, he's got a system in place, but say, for example, you've got, um, you, you know your target audience. So you'd go to LinkedIn and you, you, you do a search and then you get a load of names or companies and then you, you, you could even find, you could even find numbers through, through them or you could contact them directly. So th- there's a number of different ways of, of sort of cold outreach. But what I would recommend with LinkedIn, that there's, there's strategies that there's certain ways of doing it. I would never go uh, hit the connect button with them and then just spam them because that's just that's just you're dealing with a lot of professionals and with with kind of uh, that, that speak and deal with business people every day on LinkedIn. So you just, they're just going to laugh at you or ignore you or block you or something, aren't they? So if you strategically reach out to somebody, so what I would recommend is following them first. So if you follow them first, they'll see that they'll get a notification that you followed them and they'll, they'll check you out and they might even follow you back. So that's a good way of just kind of reaching out. But then what I'd do is I'd go to their posts and I'd like their posts and I'd even comment on their posts with a nice comment. Nothing pitchy or business related. Just say, so much value from this, this post. Keep the good quality content coming. Boom. Something nice and simple like that, which is just giving them a bit of kudos, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then... Then I would send them a, a personal invite as, as a message rather than a, just a connection because they're going to think, why would I connect with you? you you've only commented on the post once. So I don't know anything. Do you know what I mean? So you, you send them a personal personalised invite. Oh, I've been following your post recently. I love the content that you're making. Um, I think you'd be a great fit for my podcast or um, I would love to, to connect further. I, I've got a Facebook group that you might be interested in or something that's going to add a bit of value to them. Don't just pitch them with, I want to sell you this or I've got this service for you, something like that. So something where you kind of having a bit of a, a bit of a relationship building, that is the best way of, of cold outreach. Mm. But with, with a cold call, it's, it's a little bit difficult if you, if you do it, if you just do number after number, that's a kind slightly different, but it's still kind of the same principles. You just have to be a little bit more savvy with, with, with LinkedIn than you would if you were just smiling and dialing. It's just a little bit more kind of, because the thing is, with, with a smile and dial, you literally, you're just on the spot, aren't you? So you just speak and say whatever. I mean, because I've done it that much, it just it just rolls off the tongue. I just don't, I don't even know what I'm saying after the time it just comes out. <laughs> well, yeah, you're just in the zone and, and you yeah, know, you've done yeah. it so much that it's, again, it's like breathing for you. 
Um, what are some opportunities that you're seeing on LinkedIn right now as it relates to leveraging cold calling, kind of following your process and really helping people scale their businesses? Well, I think there's so many opportunities on LinkedIn now because people, even though people are kind of against um, pitching, they're very open to, to that kind of thing. I mean, it kind of chops and changes LinkedIn because at one point it was really good for, I was doing really well with uh, video uh, content that's where I started mm-hmm. off before I was a podcaster I started off with video content because before about three three years ago I, I couldn't even stand the sound of my own voice or, or even imagine the idea of being on a video it, it was just cringe for me so I had to just do that to to kind of went through the pain and, and did it anyway like, if that makes sense so that's that's how I kind of got used to it but it was doing really well for me at one point I just used to do like little short sales samurai videos and little tips and that kind of thing and I got quite a good a good following and everything, and, and actually like not viral, but like hundreds of thousands, like not hundreds of thousands, like twenty thousand views and all that kind of thing. So for a bit of following, then it just went, it just went like tumbleweeds and and stuff like that, and like ghost town. And I thought, well, so it's it's a tricky one, LinkedIn, because it does kind of ebb and flow and diff- and things change. But I think mm. it's always going to be a good platform for business related stuff and, and and lead generation and that kind of thing, especially if you if you work with somebody that's like an expert in, in lead gen on, on LinkedIn and that kind of thing. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of potential there still. What are some other platforms that you think are good for leveraging with cold calling or are there platforms like, you know, offline that you think would be good to be leveraging as well? Well, I th- the beauty of it, I'm like, I'm actually enjoying clubhouse at the moment. Not, not, pu- not for specifically cold calling, but promoting what I do. And I'm talking about cold calling because the beauty is I've, I've been doing hosting a lot of rooms and some, they're relatively small. So sometimes there are only like three or four people in and over time. Which is like almost better people. sometimes, right? Versus being... That's the feedback I've been getting because I'm getting some connections and only a few of them, but the, the loyal connections. Quality like, over quantity, especially like, when it comes to high ticket. Absolutely. And they're like, I can't wait for your next room. And it's really quite motivating. To, and oh, it's like a mastermind and all this. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's really kind of... Uh, it's, it's a good feeling even though it's like like you say because it's only a small little community but you get more value from it and more one-on-one and stuff so it's good yeah no I love that because it's you know I think there's a lot of people out there who actually truly want to share really good value um, and they get energized just by being able to see the impact right which is I think mm. why a lot of entrepreneurs get into business is to actually witness the impact versus being a cog in a wheel where the impact doesn't happen if it ever happens for years or dozens of years or whatever. So what got you into cold calling and having it be your marketing angle and niche? Well, it was something that I kind of fell into purely because, because the door to door was, was cold calling, wasn't it? So that was the original uh, introduction, should we say? And, I, and, I, and I, it was like my, I look at it as my uh, foundation. I served in the trenches is the way I look at it because it was five years. So if you look at anybody that's done door to door, they tend to last a few months is, is kind of long or six months. If they like ever even get of. to it, yeah. So <laughs> five years is kind of like a, a prison sentence. It's like a <laughs> but, general. In- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a field marshal in, in, in door to door. But yeah, but the beauty is I, I kind of got used to it. So I'd, I'd gone through the pain point of, of like six months or whatever, and then I just got got good at it and then used to it. So when you when you, when you get to that stage, it's it's not that bad. But it, eventually, it kind of came to the stage where it was um, it run its course, and I needed to move on. And that's what happened. So 
But it, it, I, I, to this day, if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have had the sales skills I've got. And I wouldn't be able to close high tickets on the phone and anything like that. It's, it's purely because of that that introduction or that foundation that in the sales that I had that uh, people like Brian Tracy and stuff like that, that are like sales legends. And, and it was them people that I learned from. Mm, brilliant. So what are some of the aspects that someone can experience as they work through your process and your system to be able to really build that confidence, get out there in a big way and actually see success from leveraging cold calling as a strategy? Well, I mean, the way I look at it is I, I, I like to see myself as a motivator and, and I don't like to see people kind of give up or, or like more of I, I like keep you up like you know and come on you can do this just what do dial a few more numbers you'll get that lead or whatever it is I'm I'm quite good at that and building momentum and, and keeping you on on where you need to be because it's quite easy to because I did it myself but it, because because it was so I was so passionate about the martial arts and, and getting to the next level and doing what I wanted to do it was it was easier for me than somebody that doesn't possibly have the same kind of drive or, or whatever but that's what I'm there for. So when they lose the drive or they lose the passion, I'll be there to kick their ass again and, and get them back, back up and running. So what is that relationship between martial arts and sales, right? Be it cold calling or whatever it is. Like there's something there that, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done martial arts. So, I mean, your whole brand is about it. So there's, and I know that you talk about this, there, there is a deep correlation between the success of having both of those aspects working for you. Yeah, well, I think for me, I mean, you'll probably get to speak to any martial artist and they'll agree with this, is say, for example, I'm stood in the dojo and we are doing some punches to the stomach. We'll, we'll do them punches over and over again for quite some time. So it's repetition, isn't it? Mm. And it's exactly the same as me reading a script over and over again. So that's repetition, isn't it? Or there's on the, on the same, so I might have to hold a stance for a long time. And even when your legs are shaking and stuff, and you still stand there. So that's the discipline, but it's also patience, isn't it? The same with if I'm teaching uh, little Johnny uh, his kata and he's not getting it, I have to have patience and I keep I keep showing it him and come on, correcting his style. Come on, you're not doing it. Right. So you, you have the patience to keep going over them. It's exactly the same with the prospect. He's not ready to buy yet. All right. Okay. So you follow up and then you have to nurture and, and keep, keep, keep guiding. And then they're taking a step back. So you, you're explaining yourself again. You can't just go, oh, I've had enough of you. It's the same. Oh, I'm not teaching that cat anymore. You're rubbish. Or I'm not selling you anymore. You're just not getting it. So it's the same thing. So the, the attitude and the, the, the philosophies and the, the, the style and the, the mentality that you take from the martial arts crosses over into sales and vice versa. So you mentioned something that's really important. At least I think it is. <laughs> I have a high regard for my own opinions. So follow up, <laughs> right? When yeah. it comes to sales, like where does that fall into place? How important is it? And what's your process? It's vital. It's not, it's not just important. It is vital. And, and even sales pros to some, well, maybe not sales pros, but experienced salespeople neglect it. And it's ridiculous because you could, it, it could be like a third of your annual income or more possibly maybe half even it is ridiculous so you have to have a system in place so what i tend to do is uh, crms are a good way of tracking it or just using your own calendar in your phone so say for example i've had a, a, a call with 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 murray and murray wants to she's considering doing a, a 6k program for uh mindset or whatever it is so we're, we're offering a 6k mindset course right with with uh bob hopkins or something right so uh so i was thinking bob proctor anyway so, 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 so <laughs> we're just bob, we're smiling and nodding we're just keep going 
<laughs> yes, we've got a we've got a mindset program for six k, but she's not quite ready, and she's thinking about it. And she's thinking, right, I want to do this, but I'm thinking I need to juggle a bit of money around. I've got X amount in this bag, so it's not ready to go tonight. I want to make the full investment. I'm I'm kind of wanting to do this. Uh, I'll need about two weeks to get everything sorted. Okay, right, so that's fine, Mary. So should we say um, May the eighth uh, at uh, three p.m. Uh, Eastern time? Okay, yeah, that's good. So, right, boom. So, you make a note of that and then you book the, the Zoom link or whatever you have to do. And then you make a note of it in your calendar so you don't forget. And then you follow up with Murray when you say you're going to follow up. You don't, you don't do it the next day or the day after that, like some sort of hyper goal, blooming, uh, desperate salesperson might do or some beginner might do. Oh, I've got to follow up. So, do what you say you're going to do, ring it up on the day. So, you're given a time to, to figure things out. If you make that next call and she's, oh, you, you'll be able to tell. She might go, oh, you can tell, oh, shit, not him, sort of thing. <laughs> if you get that, if you get that feedback on the, on the first thought, you go, all oh, right, so you weren't expecting me to call. You, you did book this call, didn't you? So, oh, you're not going to be ready. Tell you what, Mary, let, why don't you have a think about it? I'll leave you my email address and you can contact me back. If you follow up and they've they, they genuinely forgot something, oh, right, yeah. I've just got to move some money over. Give me, give me forty-eight hours. Follow up again, because it still, it still could be a, a good commission for you, and they're still serious about it. So just follow up that next time. I would tend to follow up twice. So three strikes is your eight. So if you follow up twice, and then they're still palming you off, and you follow up again, so the third time, if they're saying, "Oh, they're trying to give you some corny excuse or whatever." That's when you say, look, okay, so you're obviously not ready to move forward at this moment in time. I'll leave you my number or I'll leave you my email. Just give me a shout when you're ready to move forward. So that way you're not wasting anybody's time because the thing is what people do is they don't like to say no, even if in the mind they've decided they don't want to do it, but they don't want to be horrible to Mr. Nice Salesman because he was so nice to me, wasn't he? When I thought he was really nice and sweet. So I don't want to tell him no. So I'll just keep palming him off. So he'll ring me every other week or something. But that's not doing anybody any favours, is it? Because we're wasting both people's time. Mm. So just put the ball back in their court and say, look, I don't want to waste any of our time. You're not ready at the moment, are you? And then they'll probably go, Mary will go, no, well, I'm not really. I want to think about it a bit longer, whatever. So, yeah, that's fine, Mary. Lots of people need to think about it. There's my email address. Give me a shout when you're ready. How's that? All right. You have a nice day. Perfect. Boom. Yeah. Treating the person like a human being, not necessarily forcing them into, um, you know, I always, uh, I talk about, I want a resounding yes, not a reluctant one because reluctant yeses end up being refund requests and we don't want those, right? Like they're not the ones that, because who appreciates being bullied into a sale, but when you do an empowered, yes, I want this, then you show up to do the work, right? Like even when things aren't necessarily going your way, you're committed to the process um, versus trying to find the, the escape hatch as soon as something doesn't go the way that you want. 100%. Not only that, if you're on a commission, you'll have to pay that commission back if they do the refund anyway. So it's, it's, it's a, you're finally losing battle with that. So have, have, a, have a proper follow-up in place. I tend to say three strikes out, just like your, your game baseball, isn't it? So the third strike is, is the right. my game. <laughs> no, it's the Americans' game. We don't have baseball, obviously. So we don't have, I like the, I like the idea it. of three strikes. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of three strikes off. I do like that. So <laughs> I'm the third strike in the right. <laughs> you have to find a rugby or a cricket terminology. I think those are sports you play over there, so... <laughs> Well, the weird thing is, if you score in rugby, it's called a try. But I don't really understand that because you, you didn't try, you actually scored, didn't you? But that's what they call it. 
try. We're just not going to go there because this is just not an area that I'm fond of or appreciate. And if I can ever <laughs> right, make a okay. sports analogy, it's a, I guess what we call it to keep it with this baseball, a home run. And it's all accidental because it wasn't necessarily skill. Um, <laughs> were, the, were the MVPs? That's the last one we'll finish on. There we go. There we go. They're just going to, you're going to keep throwing them in there. I know you're not done. <laughs> So when it comes to sales overall, uh, be it cold calling, nurturing, following up, all that stuff, what are the things that you wish you'd known that would have gotten you exponentially faster results and things that um, you appreciate having learned on your own? What could have sped things up? Um, and the thing is, I, I wouldn't have really wanted to speed anything up because I think it's 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 been progressively a good journey. It, it's, it's been, there has been tough times and everything and, and things that I've had to, to sort of battle through and stuff like that. But I, I think on the whole, it, it, it's, it's brought me out as a stronger, better salesperson in the end. So I probably wouldn't have changed any of the sales journey itself. Uh, what was it, the question? Um, what's something that you appreciate having gone through personally as an experience as it relates to sales? Um, oh, there's been quite a few that I, that I appreciate. Well, I think I think for me that the best part of it was actually getting my black belt on part of my sales journey. So mm. the, the the way that they were blended together was quite a nice. It was it was it was brutal, <laughs> but at the same time it was like yin yang, wasn't it? So it was like bittersweet. So the pain side was obviously the, the intense, difficult training because you don't get a black belt for just sitting on your ass. So some of it was like the, the hard training combined with the knocking on doors in blizzards and, and having doors slammed in your face. Those were the, the side, that the, the, the horrible, the, the bad side. But on, on the flip side, I, I got some serious martial arts skills at the same time as my sales skills. So that that, that was kind of uh, the best part of the, my sales journey was actually achieving black belt and at the same time as, as gathering the skills, the sales skills, I'd say. Brilliant. So John, you've been amazing um, with everything that you've been sharing on that. How can people learn more about you and, you know, figure out how to leverage cold calling for their business? Yeah, well, I'm, at the moment, I'm kind of promoting uh, Instagram. So I'm putting bits of content. I do bits of martial arts, but I also put sales stuff on there as well. So um, that's Samurai JM80. So it's not Jim. People are thinking it's Samurai Jim, but it's Samurai just JM because that's my initials, JM80. And um, yeah, just please get the book. It's uh, I think it's about $12 on Amazon for the for the paperback version, but you can get it for next to nothing on Kindle if you're a Kindler. Uh, so yeah, just look, just search Sales Samurai Master on Amazon so you should find it. Any parting words for the people listening right now? Yeah, what I would say is, don't give up on yourself. I've already said my my favorite saying was was uh, you can be your own best friend and your own worst enemy, and it's true that if you tell yourself you can achieve something, you cannot. I mean, there were times when I questioned whether I could get a black belt or not, but I just I just kept going and going. Mm-hmm. So, if you believe and you want something bad enough, just keep going at it. Oh, I love that, Jim. John, let's say Jim, because uh, you got me all screwed That's up with yours. Yeah, you're your handle. It's all your fault. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate it, guys. Make sure you check out the show notes. All of the links are going to be in there for you to be able to leverage, and the quality of the book is definitely there. So, John, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.